Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Zach Katie. Hey, hey, hey. And Brett Freeman. Hey guys. Alright, so we had two system opens this week. The UK system open, which had like 480-something people, and the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, system open that... Uh, went on down in Texas, so we're going to talk a little bit about both of them. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Empire Hyperspace, see if we can make something of that. You know, people are a little bit down on Empire, but I think there's still a lot to look at there. So let's jump right into the UK System Open Series. Or do we want to talk about something else? Uh, so real quick, I don't want to go too deep into this topic, but we had the our first LO ranking. We didn't get the rankings up yet. Uh, they should be ready soon. Um, they'll probably be ready by the time I post this episode, but it was only just a you know a quick little four round ten person uh, little tournament, and I would like to say that Dengar is fine and especially in hyperspace and he is totally workable and that's all I conclude from this tournament. Brett, what do you think? You were there. Uh, I flew Jedi and I did not fly them fine. Um, so I had, I had a bad day, uh, but it was good to see you win one. Um, so that was enjoyable and, uh, it was great to see everyone there. And there were some new people who I had not met before, but who, uh, listened to the podcast. So that was really cool getting to meet them. Yeah. Like I said, it it was just a small little tournament, a nice little, you know, practice for like the LA ranking. Um, I believe the next one that we're going to take a look at is the gamers heaven. I got to talk to Tristan about that. Um, but I think the next one is going to be March 1st at gamers heaven. Uh, I should be there to, to do things. I believe it's an extended tournament, but, um, yeah, like I said, a nice little tournament, um, got some cool data points, got some practice in And like I said, you know, Boba's a menace, but I mean, like, granted, I mean, I put Dangor and Namlom Fen on the table, and like, it just felt fine. Like, I never had a problem with anything. Even my one matchup against the Boba, um, granted, it was my one loss, but I mean, there was, I identified mistakes that I made, and I, you know, I, I feel like if going into the next match again, that I, I'd be able to take on that list. Like, uh, granted, I put uh, loaded up Dengar with Proton Torps and Maul on him, and you know he just vaporized things off the table. The Auto Blaster Cannon on these things, like any cannon on these things, getting that 180 arc just like feels a lot better. You're always going to have arcs at this point. Um, Namlom is a steal for the uh, you know 38 points. So it's something I want to really kind of take a look at in the uh, hyperspace format, especially with Scum. Um, the I six is just so valuable now, right? Like far more so than it used to be. Just for Dengar, that that really makes him him tick. It seems right, and it's like you know I didn't I, I didn't put a bid. Um, I, I went to straight two hundred, and I debating if maybe I should because like there's not much I six out there. So you, I mean, Vader still exists. Von Reg is out there. Um, Han's out there, but like, so like, but like, Fen is out there, so you can't ever outbid a Fen Boba, I'm sure. But I, I think at the same time, that like, if you have two I6s gunning for Boba, then it, it could be a completely different story. So, absolutely. Um, that, that's just my own little observation from this weekend. Did you ever get to do a revenge proton torp? 
I I did not. For the most part, people just avoided shooting Boba or not Boba uh, Dengar, um, and I punished them for it. Um, which is fine. I I mean like even after I spent those two proton torp charges, like he was still pushing through damage, especially with the auto blaster. You'd be surprised how many times you catch that bullseye arc and like that one time that you are out of arc and land that crit, like if it's it pays for its points itself right there. Yeah, definitely. And so what one more thing, sorry, I know you want to move on, but uh so Namlam, we had previously said like just you gotta staple Dengar gunner on him. Um, but it kind of seems now like maybe just using him as a really cheap filler might be the way to go. I mean, what did you think just getting the... Did you even have a cannon on him, or was it literally just... So I, I had Nomlum with triple zero uh, and the auto blaster cannon. That's right, I forgot. Triple zero was your trigger that you kept talking about. <laughs> I kept forgetting to trigger triple zero. But it was like, you know, you throw him in there as a blocker, you throw him in there to kind of disrupt things... And you still, you're either going to give them stress or you're going to get that mod somehow or another. Um, but yeah, it was definitely working. Uh, Dengar Gunner is okay. I mean, I think six points might be a little bit much. Especially people will be prepared for it. I know we play, I played a game with Jonathan and we completely forgot about Dengar Gunner being able to... You, you can strip a green token of yourself instead of getting that revenge shot. And I think people will start to identify that. They'll keep green dice or green tokens on them so they don't have to, you know, take that revenge from Dengar. So I I, I definitely, I, I think I would, I, I might be able to drop triple zero on him. Like, I, I don't know if that was necessarily needed for five points. If I would just go with a bid, maybe throw contraband on him instead, take a three-point bid. But I, it, like I said, in hyperspace, it's something that I, I thought was super cool and definitely works. Um, all right, so let's move on. So... Zach, it looks like your list won the UK system open. We had double fire spray show up, Kashka Frost and Dangar, or not Dangar, Boba. I'm messing up the two. Uh, end up winning it. Timo Rob, um, German native, I, I believe, won it with the two. Kashka with triple zero proton bombs, Rig Cargo Shoot, Hull Upgrade, and Boba with Mole proton bombs, Contraband, Hull Upgrade, and Slave One. So, That's good. That's good. Yeah, you like that. Oh, um, that's great. That feels good. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. like, it, it's super cool, especially, like, I mean, you got the big cargo shoot on here on Kashka, which totally makes sense. Triple zero for that extra stress when needed. Uh, the proton bombs are surprisingly, like, you know, they hit way more than you would think. I mean, like, the only time they don't really hit is when you have, like, some super squirrely aces or, like, A-wings that can get out of dodge when needed but um yeah like i, I like this a lot like i i think this list it could go pretty far in hyperspace yeah and i think it cuts across these like parts of the meta really really well like we'll get to fort worth system open soon but like those proton bombs against separatist swarms Ooh, that's nice that's nice that just feels good yeah definitely and <laughs> Uh, I mean, like any of the bombs, really, I would say feel good against them. But uh, <laughs> it, it definitely, it definitely helps. And, and I, I think, like behind the right player that knows how to control these one turns and boosting with these things, like there, it's going to do a lot of damage. And like you always think that you can just burn these things down until you can't. And like Boba just doesn't die. Like he's always re-rolling into double evades and always taking just one damage. Um, 
he has access to that reinforce when he needs, you know, might have made that one mistake or anything like that, uh, puts him in the wrong spot. But yeah, there's, I know some people complain that slave one is only one point. Maybe that is the wrong, uh, you know, direction that FFG has taken on this. But I think at the same time, uh, it's the crutch that, you know, the faction kind of need it. And, and we really saw that scum shot up. Like, I, I want to say that there was like a hundred and some scum um, players from the UK system open. I know I posted the 119. Yeah, about That's 25%. Easy. Like, I, I, I don't, what was the next big, biggest faction from there? Uh, the next biggest one was first order. first order with 80. Yeah. Right. And this is hyperspace. So like you would imagine a lot of these are just Boba fans or Boba Fen Nom Lom, something along those lines. Um, like I, I mess around with Boba Fen Nom Lom and like you kind of like lack on your upgrades and everything like that. And that's kind of why I went the Dengar route was because you can get about the same amount of upgrades or the same amount of points with enough upgrades on Dangar to get that third ship in there um but yeah like i, I like this it, it super makes sense zach you might have created a, you know this you you were the first one to put this on the table and make an appearance with this so it, we're blaming you on this one that's fine it's fine everything's fine everything's fine so how are one you th- one thing i just want to say about this one is you know we think about upgrades as adding like cool features um and here i bet the the two or Maybe not the two, but two of the most helpful upgrades he had were probably just the basic hull upgrades. Because on these fire sprays, getting to to change that half point value to six health makes such a huge difference, especially on Boba and how tanky he is. So I bet that was actually a really huge uh, factor for him all day. Yeah, especially with like limiting down like what's in the mod slot in hyperspace in the first place. Like, I think that just makes a lot of like nice easy sense. Yeah. Zach, question for you. Do you feel like, so this list is 199 points. Do you think, whereas I think a lot of Boba lists are going to have a bid, do you think the lack of a bid would hurt this list? You know, if your Boba is moving first? I don't think so. I mean, I ran it at 198 or 199 myself. I'm trying to remember what it was before points adjustment. I think you were 198. Yeah. Um, I don't find the bid all that necessary. Like... So Boba's I, tricksy enough, and because of like having like the double firing arcs, it's easy enough if you play smart to catch I fives out. Like you can create so many like overlapping fire arcs with two fire sprays that like other I fives are gonna have a hard time dodging it, even if they outbid you. Right. One of the things I kind of like was thinking with the bid in this is like, let's say you are bidding for the mirror match or anything like that. With these fire sprays, I, I doubt that it's you can be moving last, and I really think that it's you see the, these big bids, and I really kind of think that they're probably for Fen, because if you're going up against a mirror match with fire sprays, like there's a good chance that you're getting in that hourglass arc, especially um, with ships like that. You know they're maneuverable, but they're not as maneuverable as these crazy double reposition aces. Um, so. Uh, I don't know the exact value of moving last in this case. Yeah, and I mean, I think also like the thing to think about is one of the big things with bombs on fire sprays is that they're just a zoning mechanic. Like, people are 
more afraid of proton bombs than they might need to be sometimes. Like, not saying that proton bombs don't come in handy, but, like, if you drop that bomb, you're going to force them to think about where they want to go away from that bomb rather than where they want to go to not be in arcs. Like, I don't know. I think there's, like... Yeah, it's not that big of a deal with fire sprays between the double fire arcs on two things, spreading out shots all around, and then the bombs on top of it, adding in another zoning mechanic. Like, not to cross my nerd dumbs, but it's it's a zoning Deadeye from McCree and Overwatch. Like, it's just to get people out of the way. Sometimes. And it works brilliantly for that. So, <clears throat> so I, I was looking, I think Kashka seems like she matches up really well against Fen with her ability to... Um... Uh, re-roll if your opponent is stressed and then the, having those proton bombs and the rig cargo shoot seems like a good good tech against Fen. So Zach, would you prefer Kashka over Fen or the other way? Definitely Kashka. I know, I think <sighs> So I've played both Boba Kashka and I did play quite a bit of Fen Guri for a while. And I think Fen works in a two-ship list if both ships are going to play squirrely. I don't know if Fen works as well where he's the squirrely one and Boba can't be as squirrely as Fen is. Right. Like, I, you kind of bring up a good point, Jonathan, that like um, with this Kashka, like, it works very well against Fen with the rig cargo shoot. And you have triple zero. Um and Fen is constantly boosting and barrel rolling and taking that focus for defense where I, I think we kind of hit the point in the game that uh, people know that Fen's going to be there, especially in hyperspace and they're starting to tech against them. Uh, we'll talk about you know, Ted. I know went down to the Fort Worth and did a tremendous showing. And, and like, I know he kind of said that he was teching against Boba um with his list so it's kind of interesting to see that like yeah this this hurts like a lot of the aces i mean i a lot of people overlook rigged cargo shoot but in that one instance that you might be able to drop that onto a fen could be a huge swing in the game and i think another big part of it too is if you're gonna play a two ship list like this you need more toolbox type ships Right? Like, Fen does a thing well, whereas this Kashka's kitted out to do potentially one of several things well, depending on who she's up against. And I think that's really important for, like, the double fire spray list. You need to kit them out to be able to take on aces or a swarm or whatever else you go up against. And then you'll have more success with it. I think that's where I, like, I had a lot of success with it, was that it's kitted out in a way that it can kind of take on everyone. Whereas Fen kind of has like his thing that he does well, and if he doesn't go up against that matchup, he's kind of just your rabbit, right? And, and so, like that's a, that's another thing that you talk about. Like it, Fen has his thing, and like is precisely that is that like when like Fen wants to kind of be there in range one, and he's probably taking fearless, and he might not always get those side arcs that he might need, but like when he does get that like perfect fearless shot. You know where he's sitting. Like, there's no reason that, you know, you're not dropping a bomb and then one banking out of, you know, Fen and then dropping that rigged cargo shoot on top of him. 
like Fen is Fen, and he has his specific you know flight paths. Um, he is probably one of the best ships in the game. He is probably also one of the hardest ships in the game to fly. He he's super fragile, and if you don't fly him right, like he pops. Like I'll go into a example later in the episode where you know I, I kind of saw like something happen and with Fen, and it could have been game changer. But like just to your you know reinforce your example that like he has a specific flight pattern and if he breaks it it hurts him I, i've experienced that um and, and but yeah this does tech against a lot of different things like, i mean like triple zero with you know rigged cargo shoot doesn't just hurt fan it hurts jedi like they never want to see you know stress um so it definitely it goes across a lot of things and obviously the proton bombs hurt anything that you know is clustered together um, all right. Do we have any? Do we, let's start. Let's talk about the runner-ups list. Do we have that listed here? Um, I, it was a Jedi list. It was two Arc One Seventies with a dedicated, and then it was two Jedi. It was Obi. Yes. So it's uh, Rick. It was uh, Obi and Rick. It was Rick, and then Obi with CLT. And I feel like Obi had R five, and I watched the match, and I think he had foresight. Or I could be wrong, and I believe Rick had Daredevil. It's, I mean, I, I enjoy seeing the arcs on the table in, in this manner. I mean, like, in that limited format, he, he took what he had available, and he didn't go the obvious, let's take four Jedi or, you know, path. So uh, I definitely would give kudos to that. Um, Brett, you're our little Jedi master. What do you think? Uh, it sounds interesting. I personally always find that Rick just sort of spends the whole game running away to be safe because if he turns in he could get blocked and just die um so i usually only find like two or three times a game do i really get a good shot with him um so i'm not a big rick fan but you know i mean clearly in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing it it works quite well yeah it's definitely something that uh is to take a look at i'm sure I don't have his name here, but I'm sure he had, like, a lot of practice or, like, had a plan. Like, dedicated's cool, I think, um, but green dice are green dice, and they're always going to fail at some point. So That is so true. Yeah, e- even no matter how many times you have mods. I mean, I, you know, there's always going to be that one time that you just roll blanks into blanks. Um, so I know a lot of people stay away from defensive rerolls or anything like that because they overprice them and... I mean, even though, you know, Dedicated's only, what, what like, one point now, it's still, um, it's, it's a risk. It's a high-risk, high-reward case, I would say. And, I mean, you are taking a strain, and you're having to pay the extra points to upgrade from the base generic to the, you know, the one with an EPT slot. So, you know, it's, it's really more like three points each, and, uh, you know, you're exposing those arcs, which, you know, I guess that's kind of what they're there for, is to keep Obi-Wan safe, but, you know... It, it's not like it's just a free re-roll for taking it. Right. Uh, some of the other lists that we had come across in the top eight, we're not going to go into everything, but like we had the, the F Ocho. Um, we had Von Reg with four tie SFs. We had five X-Wing pop up. Uh, Rick, Obi, Plo, Ahsoka. That was a very interesting matchup. Um, we can dive into that a little bit. I, I saw it like... And I know some people were calling stalling, but I also saw that, like, there was a big part of the map that, 
like did not have any gas clouds. <laughs> they brought six gas clouds to this match. And there was one section of the map that just had no gas clouds. And you always hear people be like, oh, well, you know, whenever you go up against formation of flyers, drag them through the rocks, drag them through the rocks, do this, do that. And and it's kind of like, I mean, I I came into the game a little bit late and I know there was no shooting for the first half hour of the the match. But when I jumped into the stream, there was the like the X-Wings are on the opposite side of the player board. But he was in that zone that there were no gas clouds. So it was kind of like, sure, maybe he was stalling a little bit. But I think at the same time, he was like, I need to get to this side of the board. Otherwise, these Jedi are just going to be squirrely in the gas clouds. And that's obviously what he does not want to see. Um, Especially because he's flying one of these lists that has only single mods from his actions. But I, I think at the same time he played it very well. Like he, it came down to like literally the last round of the game. Um, the scores kept bouncing back and forth in between each other. And I mean, I know I bash on five X a little bit because it, you know I, I think it's like a gut check almost. But I, I don't know. Like I, I think in the right hands it could be a decent list. But I think at the same time, like there's a reason that Rick Obi Plo won because. They had, you know, force multipliers and everything along those lines. Did anyone else catch that game? I did not. I did not. No. Yeah, it's something that you, you we should probably like go back and watch. And like I said, like I know there was some comments in the chat about like you know stalling or anything along those lines. But I, I was like I said, I jumped in a little bit late, and I, from what I saw jumping in was the five X player made the right call of not being dragged through the rocks like everyone kind of says that you're supposed to do with that um it's definitely a very good game to go back and watch uh, those was that on first earth or firestorm that was on firestorm actually firestorm yeah um then we have five a wings are back you know zz is making appearances everywhere i don't know how i feel about them yet um zz is so good i mean she's like a uh, a freaking force user except instead of a force it's a focus or an evade right so 5a or 5a wings are definitely going to make an appearance i mean then <laughs> we had two of them at our local tournament this weekend three of them three in the, i thought there was only two. Oh, you're right i'm sorry there were just a bunch of a wings right like, there was, a, there was just a bunch out. of a wings um paul brought plo and or not plo <laughs> poe and some a wings um but yeah Five angles are definitely going to make an appearance again, especially in hyperspace. I don't. I still don't think it's as good as the old five A wing build, but it's definitely going to show up a lot. Um, anything that we want to touch base on the UK system open before we move on? Do you want to? Do you want to talk about the general faction breakdown? I know we talked about scum. Oh yeah, the first sure, quarter, sure. But... Uh, do you have that in front of you? Yeah. So scum had the most was at twenty four point six percent. First order at sixteen point five percent. Then it was rebel at thirteen point eight. Resistance at thirteen point four. Empire twelve point eight. Republic eleven point eight. And then separatist at six point eight. So it looks like yeah. Again, it's just really interesting, right, to see the scum and first order rising to the top after they were basically at the bottom for all the last points change. It's something that I think we should keep an eye on. Like, uh, I mean, is Scum just going to get nuked? Or is, is it something that, like, 
did they go overboard on the points or is it something that people are just like, okay, they did fix this. I'm going to take a look at it. Or like we didn't see much empire or anything like that. Like what's happening there? Or it's come just the best faction that everyone should be flying. I mean, it was the best before the points uh, update, but I thought we all always flew first order. Well, we are all always first order players. We've always been first order players, but, um, We've also always been scum players. I yeah, I've been a scum player since day one. But I mean, like, so Empire and Republic had like a lower percentage than either one of them used to have on their own. Like combined, they were at about like twenty four percent. And I mean, each faction used to be in that range at these big events. So they really both took a a big hit as far as representation goes. Yeah, and I'm I'm generally curious of is it because they just took afterburners out of hyperspace, or, or is it something more going on, or are just people just um, maybe needing a refresher of not playing scum for the longest time, and now they can they have that option, so maybe. Um, I feel like you know Empire players and First Order players. I mean, if you like Empire, then First Order is sort of your natural second faction. And if you play Empire because you like Aces, uh, then it would be natural to move over to First Order in this new hyperspace format. That definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, and, but like I said, I mean, like, Scum has always been, you know, fun for me. And it's just interesting seeing these numbers pop up now. So, like, I am curious if that, like, if it's a matter of is the scum faction that good now, or is it just you know this is a faction that hasn't been played? Let's play these toys that we haven't played in a while, and we won't know that information until I guess the end of the point cycle, right? So let's move on to the Fort Worth system open. First, I want to congratulate Ted. I know you stuck it out to the very last round, and then you you got the loss. Um, but you, you had a hell of a showing, and good on you, man. You are definitely our travel man. Yeah, dude. Congratulations. So Ted was 22nd overall, uh, third best Separatist player. Right. So he, he almost made it through, and then, like, a, like I think the last round, he said he had a tough matchup that his uh, list just got sworn, uh, picked apart. But like I said earlier, I know... Go ahead. I, I was going to say, he played against Doug Howe, um, and the... Uh, the I-1 blocker, I guess, just really did some damage and stopped him from being able to get any of his mods uh, to, to get off those torps. Right. So it sounded like it was, you know, kind of a, a rough matchup for him. And I, like I said, I also know he kind of teched his list a little bit, knowing that there was going to be Bobas out there. And I want to say that, like, he went up against a couple Bobas and was able to just, like, dumpster them. So... Oh yeah, he made a meta call and he it paid off. Like it seemed like every round he was messaging me saying, "Hey, another boba," nice. and he was just destroying them. So he definitely uh, was smart there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be something like I mean, great. Anyway, I know we're gonna have new toys come out. I'm sure they're gonna add stuff to hyperspace midway through the season. Um. So it's not gonna be the same exact thing through the entire, you know entire season that it might shift up halfway through but i think at the same time you absolutely can start teching your list against the specific medicals and the good thing about the state of the game is that you can actually do that should we talk about ted's list yeah if you yeah do you have it here 
I do. I, so he had three uh, techno union bombers, three trade federation drones, and between them, he had three discord missiles, two proton torpedoes, mag pulse warheads, and uh, the dark one probe droids. So presumably, he gets a target lock early, and then you know, then he can light up Boba Fett with three proton torpedoes, three discord, and then or um, the mag pulse warheads, and then he has those discords, which are much harder for Boba to shake since he doesn't have barrel roll. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm really kind of happy with the Discord missiles, and like we can talk about Duncan's list in a second, but like I feel like they need to make more of an appearance, and I I I enjoy them absolutely every time I see them, and, and I think they're really cool. But um, yeah, you, you make a good point that like you could just light up Boba with the Discord, and, and like Boba has a really hard time shaking them because I think the only way to get rid of them at that point is to basically like bump. Or run over a rock, like land perfectly, like on a rock, so that like it just pops off. Is that how that works? Or do do they move to the back at that point? So yeah, then they would move to the back if he lines up right with a, a rock. Um, or if they can't go to the the back, then I think everyone takes a damage within a certain range of them. It might just be range zero or something. But um, but yeah, no. So they're really good against Boba just because he doesn't have that barrel roll. Where you know when you get a lot more Jedi and and Imperial Aces, they're not quite as useful because they can just barrel roll away, uh, you know. And Right, and then if, if they're put in the rear guides, then next time you move, they don't follow you, correct? Correct, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then it says, engagement phase, after your initiative, each enemy ship at range zero suffers one damage. So I guess uh, you can only really have, oh, I guess not. That'd be interesting to see if, like, they put in the back and then something bumps you. Do they just go away? So, uh, so like you're saying, where there's no place for them to go now. So like yeah, right. like let's say let's say you move through them and they go to the back for some reason, um, and then someone bumps the back of you. Do they? Oh, I guess you move through overlap. Um, I guess they would go to the next ship. Gotcha. Okay, so they're definitely something to take a look at. Um, let's jump into Duncan's list. So Duncan had so he had techno union bombers with plasma torps struts trade federation drones with discord missiles struts and then just um whatever i think he had one trade naked trade federation drone no three i'm sorry um drones so it's really kind of cool like looking at this because i think it's something different it's it's something that packs a lot of punch like i think discord missiles were something that needed to be looked at and not many people did like ted obviously looked at them duncan took a look at them and i mean just watching his game against the five x-wings it absolutely 100 percent paid off from them uh did anyone else catch that game with the five x-wings i caught like the later part of that game all right, yeah. So I caught the beginning part, and like it was rough. Like they kind of jou- they, in quotation marks, honorably jousted, and I, it obviously was not the right call for someone. Um, we can sit here and say it was my dice and everything like that, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but uh, like I said, th- this it packs a lot of punch with these plasma torpedoes. A lot of things have shields. And they're shooting first, and uh, I mean, overall, I think this is a really cool list. It's interesting he chose not to, he did not bring a uh, tactical relay carrier. 
Right. And like, is there even so? You could bring um, the bomber. It was a DBS 32C. Right. And that has the tactical relay. It's just so expensive, though. Like, it's 40 points naked, and then 49 if you put TA-175 on there. I, I think the right call is definitely just go all in on the damage. Yeah, I mean... I mean, definitely in his... Those plain techno unit bottomers with the plasma torpedoes, he definitely got his uh, points worth out of them in his last game against Bobby Oi? 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 Uh, where he was able to land at least uh, multiple torpedoes into Boba, strip some shields off, and get into hull pretty early on. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it was funny. I was joking around in the beginning um, on Friday or Saturday just saying there was only, like, what, eight Separatists in the Fort Worth system open. And I was just like, I guarantee you almost all of them a cuck. And here we are that, you know, I mean, granted, Duncan is the pilot behind this. But, I mean, it, it just won the Fort Worth system open. So, it's definitely something to still take a look at um, down the road. So, do we have the runner-ups list loaded here? Does anyone have uh, it? Was, uh, it was uh, Boba Fenn. It was Fenn it, with it Fearless. It was the Boba Fenn with Fearless. Yes, uh, Fenn with Fearless. And it was a pretty conventional Boba with, uh, I think, Slave One, Hull Upgrade, Contraband, Cybernetics... Uh, mall and uh, and a bomb, probably proton bomb. I think it was actually clusters of. Oh, cluster! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! He dropped it on the final turn. Cool. Um. So yeah, let's go over some of the, these other. I mean, like, uh, God. Uh, just to touch on one last thing on Duncan's list, if you've never, if you're interested in flying eight, like a separatist swarm of eight ships, it's something that if you watch either Duncan's game or Paul Heaver's game at uh, PAX where he plays Duncan or some of Paul Olson's game. It's like moving eight ships is a little tricky, but if you, it's important to sort of practice your opening to be able to take your line of vultures and sort of pivot them. And it's not hard. It's just, you need to like practice doing it. So you know how to do it, how you can like march along your board edge and then swing your entire formation around it works differently than TIE fighters would. But, um, but it's, I think it's important to, if you're ever to fly a separatist swarm. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Swarms are something that like definitely are a fine art and you definitely need practice. It's not something you can just throw on the table for the first time and do it that way. Um, even just watching Duncan's game here, like in, like I said, in quotations, this honorable joust, where they lined up across from each other, like, ew, I, I don't know. Like, there was, Duncan had a certain position that he knew was going to give him an advantage, and, like, he was able to barrel roll um, one of his droids into a more favorable position, and uh, the, oh, I'm sorry, the Blake did not, like, kind of react to it. Like, he just kind of did the one forward focus, and I want to say that that kind of caught him a little bit um, for it. Like, it, it put the the droids in a position that, like, it might have been one more range two shot as opposed to another range one shot. And it's definitely something to take a look at, especially playing someone like Duncan that, like, it's not always going to work that way. Um, yeah. Oh, and then if you want in that final game, so Duncan... 
he starts on the bottom right and his opponent is in the top left. And Duncan, he marches along his board edge, which is pretty typical of a separatist warp. March along your board edge, everyone turn in. And then you change your position, your uh, two by four into another two by four, but you have it facing up the board, if that makes sense. Uh, but he basically trapped, he had Fen and Boba come into that corner and Fen and Boba basically never left that corner. They never left that like bottom left corner in that final. And even like Boba, when he, Boba finally died, he was still in that bottom left. They never were able to, so Boba was never able to escape and use his rear arc and like Fen was never able to escape. Do you have a, I know you, you, I've seen you do that where you can just make a, you do a specific turn, but you kind of like swing the entire swarm a certain way. Do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so in a tie sw- in a six tie swarm, if you have basically three of the ships do one hards and the other three do three hards, and you can take a two by six and then flip it into a two by six the other way. It's a little hard to de- describe, you know, just with words. So in a six tie swarm, that's what you would do. You'd have three of the ships, one hard, and the other three, three hard, and it pivots your entire list so it's facing... Um, it's basically like rotating it like 90 degrees as, a, as so you still have two rows as opposed to like a column exactly right. yeah but in a separatist swarm since you're usually lined up you have two rows and you have two rows of eight you usually your guys closest to the board edge go faster usually than your guys further back and basically you're barrel rolling people you're like moving forward and then barrel rolling your guys furthest towards the middle in and then you can reform um but it's something that if you watch you know paul heaver does a really good job of it in the um pax final and if you watch it you can see how he like just collapses and paul olsen does it too so you can watch it in their games on how they can they don't really rotate the list they barrel roll it and then turn it and uh, it's a little different Cool. But it's worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so some of the other lists that, I mean, we have. Uh, so we had four CLT Jedi with Broadside, which I think is pretty cool. Um, CLT Jedi Knights. I know we've talked about that before. About uh, We've had some conversations about uh, Jedi Knights opposed to Inquisitors. But that's um, definitely something that I am happy made it to this uh, top cut. So Boba Fan, obviously. Kylo with four SFs. Uh, we had two CIS worms. We had Bobo with two Fang Fighters, three Fang Fighters with Seeks. Um, Luke Thane, two Reds. Falcon with two Xs, five X, um, ABBX. Man, that's four Rebels that made the cut. I'm sure there were Rebel players. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's a lot of Rebel. Uh, and then Falcon, two X. That's a lot yeah. of Rebels, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of uh, rebels. And we have Vader, Merrick, um, and two Stormies uh, that made it. Um, Kylo Von Reg, that's fine. Um, yeah, so like like I said, we won't go too deep into like any of these lists. I mean, they're all pretty. I mean, I didn't catch all these games, so I can't really say anything about like how they flew it or anything like that. But I, I would say that it's a very good mix. I mean, I think we only have one Imperial here, but. Other than that, it's a pretty good mix of um, factions that made the cut. Um, for the field, we had 25 Rebels, 
14 Empire, 34 Scum, Resistance with 15, 28 First Orders, 12 Republican, 8 Separatists. And I think, what, two Separatists made cuts of, like, that conversion rate's, what, like, 25%? Um, so, it, again, we're trending to see Scum and First Order just kind of shoot to the top. I'm actually kind of shocked to see that many Rebel uh, up there. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised by that, too. And our percentage for Scum here is almost identical to the breakdown for uh the uk system open so it looks like you know one out of four matches you'll probably get scum uh in a hyperspace event yeah um so does anyone have any uh, other comments about the fort worth system open just congratulations for duncan and i mean at this point we've had two u.s system opens and he nearly won one and then has won one I mean, is there really any any argument as to who the best player is in the U.S., do you think? No, and then this is a completely... Di- I've never seen him fly a list like this before. Yeah, I, I know he took it to a, a store championship about a week or two ago, and then I think uh, deleted it from List Fortress. Um, <laughs> but I, I knew I knew some people there, so I was able to, to ask what it was, and it, it, it was this exact same list. So he definitely was getting some reps with it, but it, yeah, it's so different from what you expect him to fly. It's like when he came to, was it at red caps? He won red caps with Han, Jake and wedge. So he can win with uh, anything. Yeah. There, there's no limit to what this guy can do. All right. So we've done gushing over uh, Duncan. <laughs> no, de- definitely. Duncan, Duncan is probably, probably the best player out there. Um, I wouldn't, I'm shocked. He hasn't won worlds yet. Um, but yeah, every single thing that he goes to, he just, He's always at the final table. He's always just performing at like the highest level possible. Um, we should put a bounty on Duncan's head that if you beat Duncan in like a final, that you can get some like templates or something with his face on them. Oh, right man. on a template tray, it'll have like a line drawing of his face. That would be amazing on a spike. Um, <laughs> I didn't sorry. say that. <laughs> sorry, Duncan. Um, I'm sure you're listening. So. Definitely, it's interesting to see the trends of Duncan. We we should probably like we should sponsor Duncan, put a big like sticker on his back, and pay him money to go do these things. Um. Anyway, so I was watching a couple of these streams this past weekend, and I know that there's been this trend. And I, Zach, I know you're gonna have stuff to say about this, but one of the things that I was the two games that I caught was. Duncan's game against the five X wings, and then it was the Fen with plus uh, the I think it was six mining guild ties. Um, now I know that, like I said, this has been a trend that people are saying, you know, hyperspace just bring as many generics as you can fit, or bring like an ace plus as many generics. And I think one of the problems that we're running into with this is it turns into my dice. That, like, I sold a game against Duncan, and, like, granted, he rolled, like, I want to say, like, two consecutive, like, shots into these droids, and just maybe have rolled, like, one hit out of seven dice. So, I mean, granted, that is a lot below average, but I think at the same time, like, if you are just one forwarding to victory... And rolling these dice, it's, it's. I think it's your problem for bringing the generics. And is that really 
I mean, there's going to be times that you're going to sway way higher. There's going to be times that you're going to sway a lot lower. Um, but that one turn that you really need it and it doesn't happen, I mean, is anyone else really to blame but yourself? I mean, granted, like, I know, Jonathan, you brought up a good point of, like, you know, ships are going to go where they want need to go and everything like that. But I also think at the same time, uh, I, I don't – I'm not buying this yet. I mean – I watched the Fen plus the Mining Guild ties, and Fen got Proton Torped. Um, It's, like, again, what I said earlier, Fen is probably one of the hardest ships in the game to fly because he's so fragile. And sometimes you just have to opt to not taking the stress for the focus, um, especially if you're not getting shot. Uh, It's an option, but when you do get stressed, you are being limited to, uh, you know, a restricted dial. People are going to know where you're going to your twos and your three. And then like, even still the three with the boost, um, you know, five straight with the boost and the focus isn't, you know, is super predictable and super manageable with these arcs. So when something like that dies, I mean, it could be Finn, it could be Von Reg with a bunch of generics. It could be Kylo with a bunch of generics, but if that ACE dies, then you're left with, you know, my dice. And I'm, like so, I said, I, I'm not I'm not on board with this yet. I'm sorry, I'm not sure I understand what your issue is, what your concern is. My my concern is, we're going into list building, and I, my concern is that, like, maybe this isn't the right call. So that generics are more dependable on variants? Is that yes. your issue? And, and like I said, I, I know people have kind of, like, you know, expressed that, 5x i mean like don't get me wrong it's a lot of dice and you know the variance can go very high but i i think at the same time there's better things out there that can happen and i i, I think um there's better things to look at and that's what i think I, i'm getting at so i think um it's true i think some things are more dependent on variance than others uh as an ex- okay so an example might be if you fly a decimator or a ghost, you know, you eliminate green dice variants. You know, you know exactly how much health you have, and it's sort of ticking on a clock. Um, and it is true. I can think of back in first edition. I know that on Fly Better they had talked about, you know, s- sometimes bringing high variants, like high ceiling lists, sort of swinging for the fences. Specifically, uh, talking about flying first edition phantoms. Um, you know where you know you make a single mistake you're dead but if variant swings your way you can have tremendous success or you can just burn out horribly um i'm not sure if with the generics i'm not sure if it's a i i guess i don't have the same concern that you have with bringing generics i mean that may be true like i i mean like i said i i think there's things out there like uh, so like the, like I said the, I watched the one the, another 5x game where he went up against the Jedi and it was kind of just like that variant swing um went in, in like the last round and and I, I think like there's ways to mod your ships and, and like I, I know Zach we were talking about this as well like I mean like granted like uh, don't get me wrong like if you can throw crack shot onto these things it's a completely different game. But we're taking things naked and, and like you're loading things up. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not on board with it completely yet. And, and like maybe that's just my 
stance at the moment because like I, I know like back in first edition there was a time that like you know just spamming generics was the thing to do and, and maybe that's what people are trying to reminisce but i like i said i don't see it yet um especially these generics that don't have any kind of ship abilities or anything along those lines i mean i would agree right now i don't know if spamming i so 5x has did okay i mean there were 5x lists in both cuts yep. so obviously you can bring it to the cut i would agree that it may not be the best matchup and i think that going to mid-tier lists you know to adding a few upgrades here and there buying some more initiative uh pilot uh initiative is probably meaningful and worthwhile um i think like if a ship is cheap you know it i mean there's something about i know chris isn't here but there's something meaningful about like for a mining guild tie or for a x-wing you're making a decision do i reposition or do i get a mod you know uh they don't they can't do both or i guess an x-wing can but you know if you're closing your s foils to boost you're losing an attack die so it which feels bad but practically speaking you're you don't have the ability to reposition and mod you don't have other passive mods um but i guess you pay the lower price for it yeah, I, I mean, granted, I, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, the generics don't have a spot in the game and that, like, sometimes, you know, but I, I, I'm i not on board of just spamming the generics. Like, I, I think it, it might be ending up being a mistake in the end. And like I said, time will tell. I could be completely wrong. I've been wrong before with some of my, I mean, I said that Padme was going to be a game breaker and, I mean, has she made a single cut yet? Um, so like, like I said, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong in this, but I, I think at the same time, uh, I'm not seeing it yet. And like in my own personal experience, like when I see generics, I, I just don't, um, I, I don't like, like I said, with the exception of Fang Fighters, because they have that, that ship ability for the mod that they get. Um, but like when I'm up against different things, I'm just like, okay, variance is going to swing and I, you know, I'm banking on a swinging on, you know, in my way and those turns that it does swing my way, I capitalize on it. And, and like, that's just my personal experience. I, I, like I said, I could be completely wrong in this, um, opinionated topic. I, I will absolutely say that, but, um, I, I, I don't think spamming is the right option at the moment. And that that's my rant for the moment. Yeah. I don't know if I disagree kind of more just an asterisk added on to the end of your rant sure like I think it comes down to list building thoughtfulness like yeah I'm not sure if 5x is good or not who knows maybe it is maybe it's more of you know more tank than DPS like it's just there to outlast you um but like when I look to add generics to a list, like a good example is I've been flying a lot of Kylo and four TIFOs since the points drop. But a big part of the four FOs working is that they all have either proud tradition or um, fanatical on them. Right. So they're still getting some passive something somewhere. Right, right. And, and I, I agree with that. Like, my, I guess my rant is definitely, like, you know, naked. Just bring as many of these things as we possibly can. Um, I 100% agree with that. You know, 
methodology. Like I said, like with crack, you know, crack shot, I think is fine. If you load these things like crack shot, um, seeks with the marksmanship auto blaster, I think is fine. But yeah, like, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. And like, that's what I said. Like I'm more of just an asterisk on the rant, not a disagreement necessarily. Cause whenever I bring generics, there's generally some reason for it. And it's never really to spam. Like, even in, like, the four viewing days, the two generics had advanced sensors on them. Like, they still had a thing that they could do. And, like, I think that's a big part of it for me for bringing generics. Or if you're going to bring, like, just, like, one or two, that's fine. Like, they're good fillers in places because of points values. And being good value for their points. But I think, like I said, it really just comes down to list thoughtfulness. And then execution on that list strategy that you built. Right. I, yeah, I but... kind of view it as like when you're spamming generics, you really have one game plan, which is just to joust. And if you go up against the list, it's better than at jousting than you are. You're probably going to lose. And if you go up against someone who is just able to avoid the joust and, uh, you know, have a completely different game plan than, than, you know, let's joust, you're probably going to lose. Um, so I think it wins against people who aren't able to avoid the joust either because their list uh you know is built for it or because they're just not able to to pull that off but i think it's it's kind of a lazier type of list i guess to a certain extent if that makes sense and i i i agree with you like i i rarely bring generics and i certainly don't ever bring just spam generics i think in this point of the game we have too many combos out there that just running a bunch of generics is going to be really tough to successfully pull off. I mean, what I would get, Oh, what I'd say, I would like, if you like with five X, I feel like you'd be better served mixing it up a little bit to give you some more tools. Like I mentioned last week, I would also agree that like, I think at this point in the game that it's definitely that name pilots give you better value. Uh, so I would definitely seed those points. I would also say that every separatist list that we've just talked about today is all just spam generics. Also, <laughs> but but it's not though, right? Because they have discord missiles, they have torps. Uh, I mean, they they have the tricks in there. If you could if you could load up, you know, four X wings with a bunch of munitions and get a way to double mod them yeah. like these these guys can do, uh, then yeah. you know the whole different. Ball game. I mean, if I could share like a half of focus token with an X-wing, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they have that ship ability. Or like three, uh, what nave squadrons, proton torpedoes, R three astromech. Sure. You know, so you, you know, so you double, you target lock to each each ship target locks Boba and Fen on the first round, and then you have the, and then you can have double modded torps. Yeah, like I'm much more scared of that list, I think, than I am against about five. Just yeah, I mean, yeah, that's actually really scary. Those three E-wings. Like, how do you approach it if they come in slow, fan out? You know, you're not going to be able to dodge the, all those proton torps. Man, that'd be interesting. Uh, I might have to try that out now. Um, but yeah, like I said, that that was just my rant. Like, I, I know, like it's becoming a little bit popular. Just and like I, I've seen it locally. I've seen it on different Facebook groups that you know people are like, what's a good hyperspace list or what's a good list after the points? And like you see a lot of these people just say spam whatever generic you want. But I'm as a personal preference, I don't think that's the way to go. Um, there, there's so many cool lists out there. There's so many cool things that you can do. 
I you just gotta find them. They're they're not all discovered yet, and you know they, they might be discovered in quotation marks, um, but they haven't seen play yet. And, and I think maybe maybe it's just that we're in the beginning of this point cycle that we're seeing it a little bit more. But I, I'm I'm on board. Like find find those cool list out there and and rant. Like I said, you can agree or disagree with me, but um, that that's just the way I. F- kind of felt reading like some of these different posts going about on the Facebook pages and uh, like different discords. Um, all right. Any, any final comments on that? No. Okay. I mean, yeah. One last thing. So I know like FFG, they had said in their point adjustment stream, like they were trying to rebalance um, by cheapening the generics. You know, they wanted to rebalance the game by making the generics cheaper. But I do think in the end, the, named pilots and the high initiative and the double reposition is still in a much stronger space than sure. generic. Right, and and I mean don't get me wrong, like generics definitely have a spot in the game. I'm not saying that like, you know, you should never not do it, but I, I think you know, there there's so many cool building options out there that like I just need to be taking a look at it. And, and I'm not saying that like you shouldn't take generic as not fillers or anything like that, but I, I think at the same time, um, it has to make sense and just, you know, if you're going to bring generics, don't say, oh, well, then my dice were the ones reasons I lost the game. Um, because you figured that out when you brought a bunch of single mod generics. All right, so let's try to breeze through Empire Hyperspace. Um, we... You know, this is kind of like the lowest representative, one of the lowest representative factions that has been popping up. And I'm not really exactly sure why. I mean, there's, uh, we've lost afterburners in hyperspace. So everyone's kind of afraid of taking Vader. Um, we haven't really gained too many things. You know, we still have the Reaper, which I know the Reaper becomes a little bit of a point stump and usually always dies. The decimator is still around. I mean, you have rack, you have Oiken. Um, the generic's not in hyperspace, though. However, but like we still have strikers. Strikers have been doing a crazy amount of um, showing up in hyperspace in uh, empire lists. Um, I think maybe this is like something to take a look at different ways of playing empire as as opposed to. You're just generic um, soon tier Vader AC lists. Brett, have you taken a look at any of this stuff yet? Uh, so I've messed around with Vader and Duchess and Vermeil um, because. You know what's funny is that's the exact same stuff that I've taken a look at too. <laughs> it, it just seems like the, the crew combos, Empire has always had such awesome crew. Um, and with this list, you really have points to to make it fun. So in the list I've been playing around with, it's just Vader with FCS uh, and Duchess with Fifth Brother, right? So those are very, very standard uh, lists. But then Vermeil, you can do so many. Oh, you're cutting out. The Grand Inquisitor. I'm sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was going with the Grand Inquisitor and Director Krennic on Vermeil. And it's a way to give Duchess a passive mod with the Director Krennic optimized prototype and with grand inquisitor you can do a red action after a, an enemy ship at like range zero to two activates um so it's a way to turn off your ailerons if you decide that you just want to go slow that turn or 
you know, just a target lock and then be able to focus or jam, which then, like I said, gives Duchess her passive mod. So it's like a cool combo that, you know, I never would have thought of before because I would rather just have Soontir usually. Um, but now that, you know, he's not available, there's a lot of other things to play around with. But you had like a completely different Vermeil build that I had never considered, I think, right? Yeah, so I messed around with uh, Vermeil with Seventh Sister and Triple Zero. Um, and it was it worked really interesting because it's with Seventh Sister when a ship takes a uh, stress token at range zero to one of you, you get to basically spend a force charge to uh, give it a tractor token. Let me pull up the card. Um, a tractor token or a jam token. So it's definitely interesting because of the ships like pushing pushing the limit or taking this trust from triple zero, um, you're making you're punishing them for it. And, and it really kind of works especially well on Vermeil because he wants the jam. He wants you to not have green tokens on that ship to proc his ability. Um, my concern about it is, you know, the Reapers, they definitely die fast. Like they're not um, it's almost like I wish light frame frame was back for these things, but um, yeah, it's it's something that you could definitely play around with, and you know, force points are always good, especially if you don't uh, use Seventh Sister for her ability. You have that force point on Vermeil now to uh, mod your shot a further way. Yeah, the problem with this is that Vermeil is just going to get melted by these generic spam lists that we're talking about, right? Like, right. I mean, the, the Reapers cannot take multiple shots, and, you know, we seem to be in a meta where there are a lot of, you know, high ship count lists. So I don't think it's got too many legs. It's just kind of fun to, to play around with these crew that you don't really get to ever see. Right. I mean, like, granted, uh, we are seeing a lot of generic lists. Uh, the One of the things that we I, I really... Uh, and I know I just talked about spamming different um, things, but the Reapers and the Strikers having that adaptive Aileron's ability, I think it's super cool. Like that is that is an ability that I can get on board with with spamming is because they can get so many more places that the other ships can't. They can adapt to the uh, battlefield. They can you know see they can change the trajectory of their maneuvers by these these ailerons that you know they might be able to arc dodge um different things now they might accept a bump that they might not have wanted to do before like they might see that like okay bumping is the best option that i can do right now because it's going to provide one less shot that i'm taking um so that is definitely something i can get on board with um so, so I, I would definitely say take a look at the Reapers at some capacity. Like, they're not complete. They, they will melt, but I think at the same time, if you can get good with them, they're going to have that ability. You know, they move a lot faster because they're that on that medium base and can move around a lot more. Um, granted, like I said, um, they just gonna they're going to get hurt. So, they definitely take some practice. Do you think there's any list or any ship? I'm sorry that has a a higher like base skill floor than a striker to play, or or probably a reaper just with those ailerons. Like I feel like if you're running more than two or three of them, your brain is gonna melt unless you have you've just put in hours and hours practicing these maneuvers. 
I don't think so. I mean, like like I said, the, the, that ship ability is super cool, and, and it takes a lot of practice. Um, it's, like this is just definitely not a list to pick up and take to a tournament, you know, for the first time, right. for sure. I mean, granted, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, um, so at, was it at LVO? Someone made the cut at uh, with five Thai Reapers. Yeah. So it's uh, John McDermott, and he's actually on TCX, and he said that he never wants, he says he's not going to ever fly it again because it was mind-melting. But he also said it was the first time he'd ever flown that list. Well, I stand very corrected then. <laughs> um, it, it, I certainly could not do it. They're so fast, and you just have to see the matrix. And ship activation order is so important, it's so easy to mess something up. Right. Um, so, so we can go down the list and tell you all the different combinations of the things you could do, like Vader plus Strikers, Vader plus, um, Inferno Squadron, um, one of the, there's two things that I really kind of want to talk about. So Decimators are still here in hyperspace. I don't know, like we literally just talked about how they are the melting of the Reapers they're probably on the same boat. Maybe we'll get some help for them when the next wave comes out and they add more things to hyperspace. Um, I don't know. I mean, Reaper or the, the decimators might be something fun for a casual night uh, or something like that. But I think in the field currently, it's going to be very hard, especially because they don't have like a boost or anything like that. Um, I don't do you, have. Get. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Seven Sister or Death Troopers on them? I mean, it's interesting. Um, I definitely think. I mean, like you can't ever. Um, you can't ever. You always have to replace the stress token with um, seventh sister, right? So you, it's not like you can keep the stress and then seventh sister, right? Uh, yeah. So you don't get the stress token with seventh sister, right? It's a, it's a replacement effect. Um, but Death Troopers just by themselves are, are always really good, right? Like, if we think five A-Wings are going to be around, well, uh, you know, Death Troopers is really one good way to combat that. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be, I'm curious why they didn't just add, like, Tua to uh, Hyperspace, because I think that would boost, like, I think Rack would see play if they did add uh, Minister, what is it? Yeah, Minister Tua. Um, taking that red... Um, reinforce action at the start of the engagement phase could have absolutely changed this entire ship. And, and I mean, like, it's it's very good ability, but I think at the same time, it's something that wouldn't have... It, it would have made it seen play as opposed to not at all. Um, yeah, we just talked about the cool Imperial crew and the, the two cool Imperial crew that Rack really wants, Tua and Moff Jurgerod, are both not hyperspace legal. Right. Like, it's really sad. Um, so I, I would be interested to see if they add any more upgrades in the next wave of hyperspace editions. Other than that, like I said, I mean, we just talked about the generic spams and like, you know, the, the high ship counts. And I think that just kind of hurts the, um, decimator completely in this mode. Um, the other thing I do want to touch base on, I don't see it here listed, but <coughs> I messed around a little bit with it with Vader with, mag pulse warheads 
And, I mean, like, granted, he doesn't have afterburners anymore, but if you think about it, this has shades of old Fenral in the Sheetapede shuttle that you, I mean, granted, it's a lot more points, but you are, like, basically shedding a, you're sending out a crit, a jam token, and a deplete token at I-6. So you're really kind of getting a defense buff to it. Um, you're jamming them, um, so you're getting that defense buff, and it's something that I would take. Like I mean, like granted, like um, I messed around with it with putting passive sensors on Vader until I realized that there weren't that many I sixes um, to really warrant that. So I think I would stick back with FCS. But I, I mean, I, I think that's something that I really want to take a look at with Vader. Um, they're only six points, so it's 100% doable. And I, I mean, I think it's good. I, I think it's really good. And I, I don't know if anyone's really kind of taken a look at that yet. Has anyone looked at Magpulse yet? Why aren't people looking at Magpulse? I, I agree. I think it's really good. Um, six points isn't too expensive for something that has two charges. It's just, I mean, Vader is typically like your, your super heavy hitter. Um, and I mean, maybe you're, you're just worried that you're, you're not doing enough damage with it. But I mean, honestly, if you get that crit that first turn, uh, that's probably what you're going to do at range three anyway. So I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think you're right that Magpulse is definitely lo- worth I, looking into. I mean, I'm not even really kind of looking at like the damage output. I'm kind of looking at like, okay, uh, generic just turned in on me and, um, I could either try to roll the bones and figure this out, or I could strip him of his focus token. I could make him roll one less attack dice and, you know, maybe bust a shield off of him as well. Like, I don't think it's something that I'm looking at. It's not an alpha strike weapon. Um, and I, I, we'll get into this a little bit when we talk about First Order 2, but I mean, Von Reg's in the same boat that, you know, it's this option that you have there as like a defense mechanism. I know I've been starting to preach this choir a little bit, um, but it's it's there for like assurance and like it's not like I said it's not an alpha strike, um, but it, if if it's putting pushing one damage through, it might be one less than you're normally doing. But if that's making me not take damage on the reverse, then I'm absolutely doing it. Um, any other final things about Hyperspace Imperial? Like I said, there's a lot of, like, just Inferno Squadron still exists. Um, they did take out one of the ties, did they? Howlrunner. Howlrunner, of course. Yeah, right. Um, but, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of tie swarm that eventually pops up. Uh, get, did you have something, Jonathan? Uh, it says even when Hellrunner was around, you didn't see the TIE Swarm very often, so I don't sure. imagine you're going to see it very much. It was always um, good. There was always good to have one of them at a hyperspace trial that would get at least four wins. Like, you could count on that, but they definitely weren't, you know, super prevalent. I mean, like, all these other ones, like, do you, like, the name runs, do you think that, I think they could definitely be some good fellowships. I mean, they took Wampa out, R.I.P., but I mean, I mean, we probably won't see Iden anymore because we're not going to see tie swarms in particular, I guess. But um, Scourge might see some kind of play. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely would consider yeah. taking Scourge, at, especially at I five. 
or Gideon. Yeah. Always, you see him sometimes, but I don't think you'll see very much of them overall. Uh, it's disappointing, but like I, I mean, I, I would like to see them. I would like to see them as the fellowships as opposed to a bunch of just Tie Fighters, generic Tie Fighters. Um, but there's... so build, building a list, though, right? You're starting with Vader. Is that fair? Yes, I think I'm still starting with Vader. I mean, I know Merrick's kind of been popping up a little bit, but I think I'm still starting with Vader. Yeah, I'm having trouble getting away from starting with Vader and Duchess. I I just am having trouble seeing the point of that. Merrick is 45 points, though. I mean, I'm not starting with Merrick, but it's something to take into consideration. That's that's like 22 points less. Would you ever bring... um... Like the generic tie advanced. Um, you know it, it's it's an option if you're throwing passive sensors on them. I don't see why you couldn't. So, uh, like you could fit four passive sensors with Duchess. I don't know. Uh, four so, of them with Duchess. Uh, that's what Chris wrote down here. So I assume yeah. so. I mean, so yeah, that's definitely something to take a look at. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier, there you have the ship abilities. That, I mean, you could throw. So we have passive sensors. One, two, three, and then forty-four points left for Duchess with two points left over. So yeah, I mean, you have the ship abilities here behind three agility. Um, granted, if you're passive censoring, you're not getting any kind of defense mods, but you might be able to. I mean, behind five health, you might be able to survive that. Um, yeah, I, that was that would be something I would take a look at. I, mean, I think one of Empire, like I mentioned before, I think one of Empire's issues, I mean, they compete with sort of First Order for like the same players, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and how do you think the TIE Advanced, how does it stack up against, say, the Omega Squadron TIE SF? I mean about the same price you know i don't know i mean if you're going to bring five tie advance would you just bring tie five tie sfs instead um no i would you would say bring the tie sfs instead i do i mean you just well, have the, the 180 degree arcs yeah um, you're you don't a have to worry about X-A the target lock to get your focus I, I i don't know i'm just like the tie advance the generics just i i, I i've always hated the the way they did the uh, tie advanced x1 where you need the target lock on your your target um because you know ideally you're going to kill someone that first round and then the next round you're in the same position again you got to reacquire all your target locks on someone you're just going to die from lack of green di- or green tokens sure um i i get what you're saying i also remember you're an ex a wing player that likes multiple arcs um they, uh, they each only have one arc they just move it around what the Thai SF? No, the A wings. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, sure. They only have one arc. Um, I, I get what you're saying. I also think it might be comparing apples and oranges a little bit. Um, I think the Thai SFs are more of an insurance. Where I think the Generic advance could be more of a capitalization. I mean, like, I w- played right. I would just rather run, run six uh, strikers and have my brain melt than run five X ones. That's fair. I mean, I, I 
I don't know. I, I, I think I would not be surprised. I'll, I'll just say this. I would not be surprised if I saw a bunch of tie, uh, tie advanced, generic tie advanced um, place well somewhere. Where I couldn't see a bunch of tie SFs placing well somewhere else. So, I mean, you, you could do the same tie advanced list before, right? Now, I mean, granted, we have a whole different system now with this new hyperspace format. Right. But you, you really never saw it anywhere. Like, it was a garbage list, at least well, in my opinion. I mean, you're right, but I think uh, the garbage lists are kind of rising to the top now as opposed to, I mean, right. I mean, like, we constantly, like, when we build certain lists, you say, why don't you just take this instead? And it was kind of like, you could always take this, but why don't you just take Vader instead? And then this kind of cuts them in half. Um but because I, exactly we have a completely different system, is that something that might see a little bit better play? I mean, like if you look up, look at this against a five X, does five X just win against this? Probably. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I know the Barons actually talked about this, and they were of the opinion that the five X ones is a menace. I think is how they described it, far more so than five. Uh, five x-wings and i was shocked hearing that um that was the first time i had heard that opinion so maybe i'm just completely off base on this jonathan what do you think you brought this up let me know what you think uh five well let's see so they're not gonna have on your first round of shooting if all your tough thing like the advanced like if you take that target lock you're committing to who you're shooting at and it's hard to do put them all on the same x-wing you so you spread them out. You, you got to assume you have passive sensors on it. Though, yeah, right? so they can they can take it on the the correct target the first turn. Oh yeah, all right. So it's when they engage. Right. 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 Oh okay. All right. So they'll always have it on the right spot. Uh, so it's going to be, and then they get to roll three dice. They get to roll three dice, and they can change a hit to a crit if they have them the locked. Target locked, and then the X wings are going to be rolling three dice, and they're focused. Like I don't feel like. I don't know. Have to. It's hard. I having a hard time head simming it. It seems like if you did that a hundred times, both lists are going to win some of those times. I don't think it's a clear cut. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that extra one health on the X wing uh, versus that one agility probably is roughly equal. So, so there's going to be just a lot of. It's like Andrew, like you said, it'd be variance <laughs> to yeah. variance. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's something that I don't really. I, I don't think I, w- I would ever take this. Um, but aces would just tear them apart, right? Like we can just agree on that sure. for both of them. Um, I think this might. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right there. Um, because then even even if you do bring your passive sensors against and then set up the locks for the next round, maybe it, it fixes things a little bit, but. That's assuming that you just didn't lose one to two tie advance. So who knows? Who knows? Don't do it. Um, <laughs> I think that's that should wrap up um, this episode. I don't think there's too many other things. I mean, you look at a lot of Vader. Vader's probably still going to pop up somehow. I'm sorry that you don't have Afterburners anymore. They took Afterburners away from Finn before he was even released. That's why he comes with the um, card and can't even equip it. So now you feel so, my pain. 
just play uh, quick builds and you're good to go. Yeah, you're fine. Um, okay. So, anyone, any other final comments before we close out? No. All right. Well then, guys. Um, Ted, congratulations for getting so far. Um, the Gamers Heaven Tournament. I should have more details on that soon. Um, I believe the date was March first. It's a Sunday. So we'll keep you posted on that. And if you're a fan of the show, check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Facebook. We're still working on the rewards. So they'll be out soon. Um, other than that, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks for coming on Saturday to the Showcase Tournament. And I want you to have a good night.